This episode discusses topics around mental health that might disturb some listeners. If you are affected, please contact your nearest medical support immediately. For Australian listeners, you can contact Lifeline on 131114. Welcome to Mind Tuning, the podcast where we explore interconnections between songs we love and mental health themes. I'm Will. And I'm Martina. And in this episode, we take a look at the song How Long Is Now by the DJ and producer Guy Matsuo, released in 2013 on his album Moments. So I was introduced to Guy Matsuo through his fellow Israeli DJ, Guy J who I'd long loved. Uh, They have relatively similar styles in terms of house, progressive house, techno, those kinds of genres. And when this song was released and the album, well, actually, let me say, the release of this song and the album on which it was released came the year before the release from Guy Mansour of one of my favorite ever electronic albums from him. And it was a collaboration with this guy called Sahazi and the album was called time. And I think that's notable as a first point because over the period of one or two years, Guy Mansour uh, emerged as a real favorite DJ of mine. And also I think his international prominence grew during that period, but also with, that little summary, we see that a few of his releases feature titles referring to themes around time and temporality. Which is a a favourite subject of yours. It is indeed. (laughs) What a coincidence. (laughs) (laughs) For the listeners who don't know, Will has written three books now, all of which, to various degrees, discuss time. There we go. I'm Ansira as a philosopher. <laughs> the introduction to the song has these two features that are, I think, symbolic or quite emblematic of Gaimansu's style. And one is a driving drum beat, and the other is these shimmers of synth, and they wander in and out of the of the song. And it's quite a common feature of his work, it's quite a common feature of Guy Jay's work. I think when I listen to their music, those shimmers are quite responsible for the emotional effect of his music in that whilst we love the rhythmic pulsing of music like this and the way that it sweeps you up, those layerings, those shimmerings of sound that come in and out, they take us as listeners to places that we wouldn't go with just the rhythm and just the drive itself indeed and see i got instead i don't know i don't want to say hooked but what i noticed the most uh was actually that that faster beat which 
to me, gave, had a sense of urgency or impatience. Mm-hmm. Also, potentially uh, and very likely, this idea influenced by the title itself, um, How Long Is Now, um, which to me also seems to convey some kind of impatience. The guy is, when When do we get to later? When do we get to ah, after? interesting. Now is just huh. dragging on. How long is that going to go on for? Because like a lot of the progressive house that I like and that you like, there isn't a lot of variation in how the song develops. You know, there's these moments of shimmering synth and there's these chiming key sounds that come in after a couple of minutes. Um, And they do inflate the emotional response, but generally there isn't a lot of movement, right? It's it's a fairly uniform experience from the start to the eighth or the ninth minute of the song. Yeah, it's quite repetitive Mm. and, and regular which is fairly consistent with a lot of progressive house of the style that we like and, of course, techno as well, if you go into those areas. Yes. So, yeah, and and I, unlike you and unlike other songs that we've done, I don't have a history with this song or this artist, so I, I came completely fresh. It didn't take me back to any place or time in my life. And as a result... Also, I think listening to techno when mostly in my life I've listened to techno in certain contexts, which is a party party context. Right. <laughs> and this has changed uh, in recent years, but generally I will have discovered if I'm listening to house music in a non-party context, it's music that I've discovered in a party context. Whereas this one was not the case at all. Funnily enough with that though, we have seen Guy Matsuura a couple of times together, and I can remember him playing this at one of the times <laughs> that we played. But if you weren't familiar with the song before, how would you think, oh, there's that song? Yeah. I, I, I remember you had that moment of recognition of a song with Yodo, yes. with North, where you, we both heard it for the first time when we saw it live, and then you researched it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and those moments are, are quite rare as well, where where I stop and, and think, wow, this is good enough that I want to look it up and research it, or, or different enough, or it evokes something strong enough that I want to research it. For me, this song seemed a lot to be about a certain unease about the present hmm. and and a desire to move past it. It's funny because on two of the themes you've discussed, so this idea of being uneasy about the present, let's say, and also this idea that you used to listen to this kind of music exclusively when you were partying, but now you also have developed a habit of listening to it at home. And, and in non-party environments. Yeah. And I think around the four-minute mark of the song, when it has that slower breakdown period, there's a couple of things I can say to that uh, regarding the effect that slower period has. Yeah. 
because it does seem to induce in me a more reflective experience with the song where it's not simply a chance to rest if I'm out at an event listening to it live, but it's also a moment to catch up with this version and this mental version of ourselves that we might have raced ahead with during that really accelerated rhythm of the first part of the song. And in that regard, if it is reflective in a live environment like that, I think it's also reflective in a, if you're listening to it in a home environment. Because I listen to this music a lot when I write, and I lose myself in a way in two regards there. One is the writing experience itself, which is somewhat out of body and out of mind, and you find yourself just in the throes of it. But secondly, uh, you do develop this emotional state or sense of yourself whilst you're listening to this music, as you've just discussed. And with these reflective, slower moments, like does appear in the breakdown of this song and appears so commonly in these kinds of songs. I do kind of snap out of those modes and I do become more aware of listening to the song uh, uh, before then you re-enter it as the rhythm builds up again. Yeah, yeah, it's true that, as we just said, these kinds of songs are are quite repetitive. I I, I think it would be good music to have playing in the background when you need to immerse yourself in some work mm. because there, there's no disruption to the rhythm until there is a disruption to it. And that's, that's where you, you snap out of it. And even just that, it can be, you can experience some very strong emotions when you come out of a void. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can imagine, I haven't listened to, to that song in that context, I listened to it a lot in the car, but I suppose it could be similar experience as well if you're driving on the on the highway for a long period of time and then suddenly there's a break. Yeah, I find listening to this kind of music in the car sometimes a bit difficult if it's hard to hear the really nuanced parts of it. But of course, the the driving part of it, the pardon the pun, but the the rhythmic pulse of it is is great for that kind of experience. that you say that the song in one sense indicates an unease with the present and I agree with that and yet I also think there's an aspect of the song which because it is that beautifully repetitive tone that we love about this kind of music if you do feel an emotion the song kind of asks you to sit with that state Mm -hmm. and not to move on from it it reminds me of advice that is given to people when they are feeling depressed. And the idea is that rather than running from the depression, you're meant to sit with the feeling and get to know it in a way and to feel it, to feel yourself experiencing it rather than repressing it. And there's a part of this kind of music which reminds me of that kind of advice, bizarrely, which is whatever emotion you feel when you listen to the song, sit with it. Mm-hmm. Don't run from it. It's not only going to be four bars of music and then a chorus will whip you away into another state and you can forget about whatever you were thinking about when you were listening to the verse. You're in that mode for minutes. And so in one regard, actually they're complementary because you're right, because it's an uneasy state sometimes. So it's uneasy to be in that present, but the song is also asking you to sit with it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it's not just that there's no, you know, verse, verse, chorus to direct your 
state of mind, if you will. But there's also no lyrics to tell you what you should be feeling no. with that song. And as a result, I found that there were times where I was listening to that song and just felt like it was bothering me. It, I wasn't enjoying it at all and thought this was going to be a difficult assignment because I'm going to have to listen to that annoying song repeatedly. And then hours later, I might give it a, a, another go and then find myself enjoying it mm. a lot more. So it was really contingent on whatever state of mind I was in when I listened to yeah. it. Yeah, um, And every time, it's exactly that. You sit with that emotion. And when I was annoyed by it, I just sat with the, the irritation And I suppose felt that urgency and unease even more when I was in that state of mind. And then when I did enjoy it, I thought, oh, maybe there isn't so much unease about it. Maybe mm. maybe it's something else yeah. after all. Yeah, I think in in that sense, listening to this kind of music has such an emotional edge to it. And it takes me to places that other music just doesn't. And it is notable that when seeing a DJ like this or when going to a techno event or something, the common refrain is that it's a communal or a collegial experience. Everyone's on the dance floor moving to the same rhythm and, and it's undeniable and it's a beautiful part of the, of the process. But I also always find this music and this musical experience incredibly solitary as well in that it gives you a lot of time to yourself And it gives you a lot of time to think. And tens of minutes can go past without talking to anyone, even if you've gone to an event like this with someone. Because the music is just all-consuming. And also there's points that have to be discussed around euphoria and, and how the adrenaline that's built up from dancing and whatever else is accelerated and exacerbated during you know a long period of time dancing, listening to this music. So I can listen to these kinds of songs and this kind of music in a collegial environment and feel quite, and forget that anyone else is there actually, in, in, uh, only for, for minutes or for however long it might be until you get brought into those breakdown periods again and, and the, the song breakdown and then you, you, re, you come back to your environment, right? And so I think about that in terms of what, what does that mean in terms of presence and therefore in terms of the, the title of the song. How long is now? Like what a marvelous song title in a way. If if we think about the way that you can lose sense of your yourself and time and things like that whilst listening to this song, then who knows? Maybe he's he's asking this rhetorical question, like, how long is now? How long is this song? This song is infinite. This song is eternal because there is no time when you're listening to it. You're, you're, you're lost in and the present becomes redundant, I guess, or the notion of the present becomes redundant. And maybe in that moment, you're thinking through all of this stuff that's been consuming you for days and weeks and months on end. Uh, and then you're, you're in that moment, that euphoric moment of listening to this music and it's not affecting you anymore. in terms of treatments for mental health and how do you regulate and manage someone's serotonin levels. What a, an interesting idea it would be to involve people in not necessarily liquid, drug-addled environments where this music is being played, but some kind of exercise regime where they're listening to this kind of music 
and they're moving whilst they're doing it. And it is increasing their serotonin levels. And what would the effect of that be on depression? Absolutely. And I, I think, however, the music might not be such a, a, an important aspect of this, but certainly dancing and moving yeah. uh, will, will release sort of increase serotonin levels uh, for anyone. However, I, I was never one to dance. I remember going out with friends when I was younger and requiring large amounts of alcohol before I was able to dance right. with my friends and still then feeling self-conscious and, and not really enjoying it. Yet with electronic music, I found myself wanting to dance without being intoxicated and enjoying it. And one of the reasons I realized much later on is that it's such a regular rhythm that it's easy to follow, it's easy to just bounce with that right. rhythm and maintain that. Whereas songs at clubs change so often, so quickly, and, and are so different. But yeah, I found myself enjoying that kind of dancing, even though I've always hated dancing on any other kind of music. Well, that's that old sticking point of mine, is this idea that it's dancing at all. And <laughs> like <laughs> people that I hang out with and... In the past as well, and when we've gone to things to these kinds of events, I wouldn't call what any of us have done or what you and I do at these events dancing. But I remember when there was the discussion in Sydney and elsewhere around bands on events having dancing because of COVID issues and venues could only have you know certain kinds of music events and no music with dancing. And I thought it was rather amusing that electronic music events would be categorized under events of dancing because <laughs> even at their most vibrant, I think of dance as something very traditional and something that I go to the opera house to watch. And this isn't to denigrate what we do when we go to these things, but rather to say, maybe we don't have to call it dancing. Maybe it's just movement. And, and that's fine. And yes. I, I think there's a lot of people that do actually dance uh, at these events, uh, but you're right, the majority of us just sort of bounce our bodies up and down. Maybe a few arms in the air at the height of the, you know, the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, regardless, because this kind of so-called dancing would seem to only be acceptable with that kind of music, as a result, anyone can do it. But I would never dance in my life until I, I heard techno music. And I think you're right, back to what you said, how this could be part uh, of, of a treatment for, for people suffering from uh, depression or anxiety who don't think, you know, who are told, oh, do something fun, go dancing, move, and if you don't think they could do it, this could be a first step. Yeah, fun and also part of my concern about the term dancing is that if you're anxious and then someone says, go and dance, go and express yourself on the dance floor. That doesn't necessarily sound like a great remedy. That sounds like more anxiety will be induced. I agree. Um, I agree. So this, call this it something bullshit, else. This bullshit dance like nobody's watching. Really go and express yourself. So, so call it something else and just say, or, or even just give people this music and get them to walk with it. Thank you.